Hello, welcome to Daily Prayer today for August 7th, 2021. Glad that you are with me. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. O Lord our God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you have poured out your grace upon us and claim us as your beloved people. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love and serve you always and to love and serve one another. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 63 and 149, 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 31, Acts 20, 1 through 16, and Mark 9, 30 through 41. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 63. O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you in my bed, and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall pray for jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. God's praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise God's name with dancing, making melody to God with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in God's people. God adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters and their nobles with chains of iron, to execute on them the judgment decreed, This is glory for all God's faithful ones. Praise the Lord. 2 Samuel 12, 15-31 Then Nathan went to his house. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became very ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. 
The elders of his house stood beside him, urging him to rise from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, While the child was still alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we tell him the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, he perceived that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. And David rose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while it was alive, but when the child died, you rose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me, and the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I should go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David consoled his wife, Bathsheba, and went to her and lay with her, and she bore a son. And he named him Solomon. The Lord loved him and sent a message by the prophet Nathan, so he named him Jedidiah because of the Lord. Now Joab found a fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and took the royal city. Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah. Moreover, I have taken the water city. Now then, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, or I myself will take the city, and it will be called by my name. So David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. He took the crown of Milcom from his head, and the weight of it was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone, and it was placed on David's head. He also brought forth the spoil of the city, a very great amount. He brought out the people who were in it and set them to work with saws and iron picks and iron axes, or sent them to the brickworks. Thus he did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Acts 21 through 16. After the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given the believers much encouragement, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was about to set sail for Syria when a plot was made against him by the Jews, and so he decided to return through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, by Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, by Gaius from Darby, and by Timothy, as well as by Tychicus and Trophimus from Asia. They went ahead and were waiting for us in Troas, but we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we joined them in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking until midnight, where there were many lamps on the room upstairs where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep 
while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and, bending over him, took him in his arms and said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. We went ahead to the ship and set sail for Assos, intending to take Paul on board there, for he had made his arra- this arrangement, intending to go by land himself. When he, we, he met us in Assos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. We sailed from there, and on the following day we arrived opposite Chios. The next day we touched at Samos, and the day after that we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia. He was eager to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. And from Mark chapter 9, verses 31 through 41. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so today's theme apparently is children. So we have uh, 2 Samuel. David's child by Bathsheba is born and is ill, just as God had said through Nathan that this child would die. And it's very strange. In fact, David's servants think it's really strange. He is in this period of mourning, in this period of repentance. He is fasting. He is um, is grieving. He is face down on the ground while the child is sick. He is repentant. He is hoping, hoping against hope that God will reverse this um, pronouncement that God has made, that this child will actually live. But once it dies, as far as David is concerned, that's it. It's done. There's no reason to repent. So he gets up and he eats and everything's um, all better. His servants think that this is very strange. Like, why would you do that? Why are you not grieving um, this child? 
um, it's it can seem very sort of callous the way that he is approaching this. He uh, goes into uh, Bathsheba again and conceives a son, and eventually he will be Solomon. Um, Solomon, as we know, spoilers, is the next king. So that's a really interesting thing that this Solomon, born of the woman that he had an affair with, right? There's he actually ends up being the next king. Really interesting. We also have a little side story about Joab. Remember this whole thing started that um, David was not out with in the springtime with his army the way kings normally are. Joab, who is his general, sends a message to him and says, hey buddy, we've just about taken over this city. You probably want to come down, at least show up for the last battle. Because if not, I'm going to take over the battle and that's going to be my city. So David comes down and, and participates in the last of the, the battle and takes it over and sends all the people off to slavery. Um, so we have some, some challenging stuff here, right? David is uh, not only sort of callous about this son that is killed and or dies, right? Um, he also is very much acting in the way that normal kings do. He's taking on wives. He is um, taking over cities. He is sending people into slavery. Uh, not, not great. This is not a good thing. And really, the Deuteronomic histories, while there's not a whole lot of editorial, we don't get a whole lot of praise here past, past this point. Um, David is in many ways acting uh, not as one who is after God's own heart, but uh, who is doing kind of his own thing. There's a lot to say about this. He has, um, you know, maybe some PTSD. I mean, he, he has had a really rough life, um, but he's definitely not doing everything the way that he should be doing. And, and we should not be um, uh, surprised by that, maybe, or, or surprised by the fact that he doesn't do everything well. Um, yet, there's also a part of David where, even though he doesn't do the things that he is supposed to, he still acts in repentance. Um, he still seeks to be in God's presence. Uh, immediately after the child dies, he goes to worship to be in the presence of God. Um, and so it's not that David is sinless by any means, but it is that he is, um, he at least makes that attempt to be in right relationship with God. Then we have from Acts, um, Paul is running around. We notice that the, the author is now a part of this uh, group of people that he has with him, and he has this entourage from all sorts of different churches in the whole area. Um, and he comes to Miletus and there's this great story where he is preaching and he is preaching way, way, way into the night. And there's a, a young man, a young boy who falls asleep in the middle of his sermon and actually falls out the window. And Paul goes and prays over him and he comes back to life. Really interesting pairing this with um, the story from 2 Samuel is David says, oh, he's dead. Well, that's it. Paul does not do that. Paul comes to this boy and says, nope, by God's power, 
death even is not the end. He knows this because of the resurrection of Jesus, but um, also from the stories of, of the prophets that, that God, God is not bound by death, um, that death is not necessarily the last thing. And so he prays for this child and he wakes back up and then Paul goes back and preaches some more and basically until sunrise. And he is trying, uh, then he goes on and he is trying to get to Jerusalem. Then we have Jesus continues again, very outspoken, says, we're going to Jerusalem. The son of man is going to be betrayed into human hands. He's going to be killed. But three days later, he is going to rise. And the disciples just don't understand it. Now, we can, we look at this and go, how in the world could you have missed that? It was pretty broad and obvious. And that's true, but they didn't, they just did not have this mindset, right? They had no idea what he was talking about. It's almost like David. Well, if he's dead, then he's dead. Like, you know, they're, there's nothing after death. There's, there's no, you know, there's no life coming back. It's just dead. Dead is dead. And Jesus, of course, has said all sorts of crazy things. Often we treat these things as metaphorical. We, we look at his parables and he says, tells all of these crazy stories and he uses illustrations and metaphors and all sorts of different things. And maybe they thought that that's what he was talking about, that, that he, the Son of Man would die and then rise again in some other, maybe he doesn't actually mean die. Maybe he doesn't actually mean alive. You know, like, who knows what this means? We are um, bound uh, and conditioned in the way that we think about things. Sometimes there are just ideas that cannot sink in. There's no way that it's possible for something um, to make sense for us. And I think for the disciples, they just don't have this, because they don't have this experience of resurrection, they don't know what he means. Meanwhile, they're arguing on the road about who is the greatest among them. They think, and part of this, I think, is that they are expecting to be part of, they're, they're part of the Messiah's group. And Messiah is going to be king of Jerusalem, and they're going to be sort of in, in Jesus's uh, court. They say, who's the greatest? And he says, no, 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 the greatest of you is like this child who has just simple faith. Again, a child appears in this story. Um, this, is, this is what you need to be like. You don't need to be the greatest or the strongest or the biggest. You need to be like a child. Um, and still, you know, this is, these are concepts that they're just, they don't have the ability to really understand what this all means yet, but they will. And these words are written for us that we can look back and say, oh, I see what God is doing in all of this. So those are our readings. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. That's not what I want to do. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we rejoice this morning in the gift of life which we have received by your grace and the new life you give in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for ministries of compassion, witness, and service. Those who make and grow the things we need. 
the communities in which we live. Strength and abilities to serve you today. Indications of your love at work in the world. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for the joy of this day, for the work that you have given us. I thank God for um, today. I Obviously, not right now while I'm recording this, but um, the day that this is coming out, I am uh, moving officially, so um, prayers for that. God of grace, we offer our prayers for the needs of others and commit ourselves to serve them even as you have served us in Jesus Christ. Especially we pray for the church in Africa. The conservation of the soil, water, and air. Those closest to us in this community. friends and relatives who are far away. All who care for others in body, mind, and spirit. People of God, for what else do we pray? We have an online prayer request for a woman named Rebecca. And another one for one named Mina, who is praying for employment. We pray for Lynn, a friend of Bill's sister, whose husband Jim died last week. We pray for Pam, a friend of Bill's, who is home. For Rebecca, a close friend of the Marler family. A silent prayer online request for a friend facing medical issues. For Mary, who slipped at work. For Sandra, a friend of the Prices, whose husband fell and hit his head and died as a result. For Nick, who's having knee replacement next week. And Ernie, who is recovering from knee replacement. For Barbara, who is uh, having ongoing health issues. And for Sandra, an online prayer request for health and family. God of our salvation, as the light of morning dawns, heaven and earth, sing your praise. Cause us to live and grow in faith so that we may bear good fruit for the glory of your holy realm. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue praying using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now may we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Bless the Lord. 
The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. Bye.